Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. It's a, a busy, short week, this Thanksgiving week, as we kind of try to put a bow on the fall sports season and, and especially the high school football season and get into that uh, winter sports season. Girls basketball games started this week. Boys basketball practices started this week. We've got uh, boys games beginning next week. We've got some girls basketball holiday tournaments taking place this week. Still a few on the schedule, maybe a little bit surprisingly. Um, but today, we're, we're going to spend today getting set for the girls basketball season with a conversation with girls basketball writer and WSN content manager Norbert Durst, who's going to walk us through some of the teams and players and storylines to watch this year. Uh, we're we're going to have it devoted to girls hoops. Um, you know, haven't really wrapped up the football season, at least not on the podcast, and, and still have some football content coming out on WSN. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that a different time. Maybe next week uh, will be a good time uh, to, to kind of put a bow on the high school football season. There's still some things that, that are going to be coming out early next week. I'm going to do a, a little bit of a season in review uh, t, you know, of the year superlatives type article on WSN um, to, to try to put a bow on it. We'll also have uh, WFC, excuse me, WFCA all region that'll come out next week. So there's, there's a, a few things that'll be uh, going on next week. And, and again, next week's podcast, we'll, uh, we'll kind of devote to a little bit of a uh, football wrap-up, and next week we will have on Mark Miller, our boys basketball writer, WBCA Hall of Famer, to talk about the upcoming boys basketball season and uh, and go from there. So today, girls hoops, next week, some football, and a whole lot of boys basketball as we are into the first week of winter sports action. We had some girls basketball games on the schedule last night. It was good to get winter sports underway Obviously, winter sports uh, we haven't seen at the the WIA level since that fateful week in March. Is uh, my good friend Norbert Durst, our girls basketball writer, and I sat at the Cole Center, or excuse me, at the Rush Center in Green Bay, and uh, awaited the final decision from the WIA Board of Control on what they were going to do. And ultimately, after uh, that Thursday uh, of games, decided to cancel the remainder of the girls basketball state tournament canceling all the action on Friday. Of course, the uh, state finals that, w- that would have been held on Saturday. Um, so it was good to get back at it, wasn't it, Norb? Oh, definitely. And, you know, that's kind of been what most of the coaches, you know, especially the ones that are able to play right now, have, you know, been echoing. You know, it's just really nice to be able to get back in the gym and have a little bit of normalcy. And, and you know, obviously we hope that we can keep that, uh, that momentum going and keep those kid on the, kids on the court. All right. Well, we're going to spend a lot of time uh, today on, on this episode of the uh, podcast, talking about uh, preview stuff and, and things to watch for this season. Uh, we will, uh, of course, be talking with Norb throughout the the year. Uh, we'll also have Mark Miller on to talk about the boys' action. Uh, so every every couple of weeks, Norb will be joining the, the podcast to break down the goings-on in girls' basketball. But let's let's start uh, maybe by taking a little bit of a look back uh, as we as we take a look you know, at, at some of the outstanding teams and players from last year. Uh, obviously, some teams did not get a chance to finish their season as they had hoped, um, didn't get to finish it on the court. So, you know, of those teams that uh, made it to state last year and, and again, didn't get to 
uh, partake in that action or didn't get to close out their season anyway. You know, what things stand out from those teams? Uh, who's looking like they would be strong contenders this year again? Who might be, you know, uh, ones that, that might not be at that level because of graduation losses. What are what are the prospects for some of those teams from last year? Well, you know, there's one we can start right in Division One with Bayport. You know, they were the team that you know won the uh, state title the previous season, and you know we're looking to repeat. You know, they'll be in a bit of a transition year. They lost some uh, really nice players off that team, and also uh, had a coaching change um, as their assistant Dennis Gladwell takes over for Katie Coleman. Um, so that will be uh, intriguing there. Then, you know, I have like a team like DSHA, Divine Saver, Holy Angels. We know we all remember Arike when she played there. Um, you know, they have a, a good group of returners. They're always a team that's deep. You know, maybe not uh, um, the biggest of teams, but, uh, you know, they compete. And, and those things are, are, you know, monumental as far as how and helping you get to the state tournament and, uh, um, you know, winning a game or two and maybe taking home a gold ball. Um, and, and others, you know, Kimberly, you know, another strong program. Um, they return a good portion of their team, so they're looking to get back to the state tournament. Um, you know, it's those those teams like a Platteville who had a, uh, a senior-laden team, um, you know, really unfortunate they weren't able to, to uh, play in that state championship game. But they were, um, unlike a lot of the teams, able to play at least one game at the state tournament, so they were at least able to enjoy a little bit there. But they will have a you know, a full new roster, at least for the most part. So, uh, you know, a bit of a step back for them. But, you know, it's still exciting that they were able to, you know, have this season they had last year and go undefeated. Um, you know, and then you have, you know, the uh, um, the Blackhawks of the world. Blackhawk, you know, they lost some really good players off that team. Um, Coach Flanagan, you know, always has those kids playing really good defense. So led by Bailey Butler, they're still going to be the team to beat in Division Five. It's just a matter of, you know, finding the pieces to to make that run um, of able to happen, um, you know, just because when you lose so many kids, you know, there's just so many new faces that are going to be on the court. So we've got uh, we've got things moving forward this year. And, you know, we've, we've got to start with, um, you know, the, the big story, and that's the uh, the coronavirus situation. And, you know, as we saw in the fall sports, there are a number of teams and, and schools that are not beginning play right away here. Uh, I, I don't know the latest number, and I'm not sure if you do as as well, uh, in terms of the number of teams that have delayed in some fashion the start of their season. I don't know the the full number on that, but that that's, you know, it's you know, all those big 12 school, uh, big eight schools, excuse me, uh, you know, so that takes up, a you know, that a good portion of those Badger teams in Dane County area, then, you know, you got the Milwaukee schools, most of them are postponed. So there, there's a good portion, but we'll have a, um, some more information as we get a little bit more available and, you know, as some teams uh, kind of figure out what's going on with this upcoming season or this season that's just already started. So have you had a chance to talk to any of those coaches of, of teams that have been delayed in terms of what they are doing or what they're able to do right now? If, you know, I know some of them have maybe talked about virtual practices or virtual instructions of some kind. Um, you know, are, are, are they able to do any of that or are any of them able to actually practice, just not play games? Well, I believe the, the initial thought was, that, you know, those teams would be able to practice, just not be able to compete. But, you know, without being able to compete in games, it really doesn't 
I, I suppose make a lot of sense for those teams to be practicing right now. But, you know, like you said, there's, there's definitely contact within the coaches, you know, to make sure that the kids are staying on task with what they need to do. So when they are given the go ahead, they're able to, you know, be ready, you know, especially mentally, because I think, especially with the coronavirus, you know, I think that's one of the biggest obstacles for, you know, not just, you know, these high school kids, but everybody else out there just uh, dealing with the mental health a- aspect of it and making sure you're ready to go. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, moving forward and in actual basketball action. You talked about some of the top teams coming back from, from the state tournament last year, but uh, you know, what are some teams that maybe weren't at the state tournament that, uh, you know, are, are primed for a strong run this year, maybe a surprise run, maybe a turnaround, a bounce back, something like that. Um, you know, maybe outside of the, the normal names that we, we see every year, the, the Bayports and the Beaver Dams and the Blackhawks of the world. Right. Uh, one, uh, right in division one, we'll start there. Uh, Kettle Moraine, uh, they had, a. Uh a big uh, jump in, in as far as uh, their record went, went last year. They were 19 and seven last year, and that was coming off a three and I believe 19 year the, the year before. So they had a 16 win jump. You know that a lot had to do with a couple really good talented uh, freshmen that are now sophomores in Grace Krakowski and Braylon Torres. And you know they're a team that's ready to go. Coach Todd Hansen, who spent many years at Pewaukee before uh, taking the program over at Kettle Moraine, you know, he's got that team playing hard. And, you know, last last night they uh, uh, just snuck by a McGuanago team that lost a lot of players. But, you know, as we know, it's early on. And, you know, with everything going on, I'm sure there's going to be some hiccups on the road. Um, another another team, you know, it also obviously depends if, if uh, those big eight teams are able to play. But, you know, teams like Sun Prairie, a really good sophomore class, uh, Janesville Craig has uh, some really good, so, uh, really good teams. Got a couple incoming freshmen that are expected to be some impact players. So there's some in Division One to watch out for. Um, in Division Two, um, a team at Kakana who went 11 and 13 last year. You know, obviously not a great record, but playing in a, a tough conference as they do in the FBA helps them, and they return everybody. And uh, you know, the the wild card there is, you know, how how they transition with the new head coach, Joe Russell, who was uh, um, Appleton North's head coach, led them to back-to-back uh, state titles. You know, if they can kind of gel together as that Appleton North team did, you know, they, they can definitely put on a big run. One issue for them, though, they're in the same section as Beaver Dam, so that's uh, going to be challenging for them uh, moving forward into the tournament. But, you know, as as uh, they always say, you know, when, when you're in the tournament, you always have a chance. Another one in uh, – um, Waukesha West. They did reach a sectional final last year, um, 13 and 13 overall. They returned all their kids. They, they even added a a transfer. Um, so you know they're a team on the rise. Even though now they move back to the Milwaukee area sectional, which um, you know is usually dominated by that that Wood, Woodland West Conference. So they'll have to be dealing with you know teams like uh, Pius and Pewaukee, uh, New Berlin Eisenhower if they want to get to the state tournament. Um, and in Division Three, um, Prairie du Chien, you know, Prairie du Chien has been behind Platteville the last couple of years as far as, you know, making a, a nice tournament run. But they're poised and ready to go. Also, in that same conference is, is Dodgeville, who, you know, returns a lot of really good talent as well. Um, a Wapon team, also in Division Three, They uh, had a bit of an early exit last year, losing to Laconia. I believe that was a regional final. 
Um, but they return the majority of their roster. Also welcome welcome in a couple of talented freshmen, one of which uh, already has a Division One offer. Um, so you know, there's there's definitely a lot of those those new faces or you know the the, the regular usual suspects. And then like it, moving into Division Four here, we have Marshall dropping down to Division Four, and they're putting the same sectional as Aquinas. So you can imagine that's going to be one heck of a heck of a game if those two teams do meet up in the postseason. You know, just for the pure fact, those two teams both have two state titles in the last, what, three years? And, you know, they just don't lose a lot of games. So that's that's going to be intriguing there in Division Four. And it, of note in Division Five, you know, you have the regular, you know, the Blackhawk uh, um, that, you know, has been there the last three years. Bangor is going to be good again. But a team like Gillett, Gillett, uh, they lost in a, I think it was a regional final game last year, but they got everybody returning, and, and they're ready to go. Um, you know, they're ready to get to the state tournament and get past, you know, a Knight of Nation who has has uh, won that league the last last couple of years up in the Marinette and Oconto. Um, but they will have to deal with, you know, the assumption could be a team on the rise this year. They last night they got a nice win over Edgar, who I picked to win that Merrowood sell. So you know, there's definitely some some teams that that we maybe haven't heard about in the last couple of years that we're going to hear a little bit more about this season. You mentioned a uh, pretty significant coaching change with Joe Russom taking over at Kaukauna. What are some other coaching changes of note this year? Oh, another one is uh, Jeff Schweitzer's back at as the head coach at Columbus. He uh, you know won a lot of games there, um, state title as well, um, at least one state title. As well, as well, excuse me there. And uh, Troy Krause, uh, former head coach at New New London, won a lot of games and had a really long winning streak when he was a head coach there. Taking over at Menashe, he's really going to get that team, you know, playing that strong defense is, you know, one of the big reasons why New London was so good in the past. Um, another one is Craig Mahout, who had been at uh, uh, Milwaukee King for a number of years, is now the head coach at Sussex Hamilton. And that brings a little excitement with, within the Chargers uh, program, you know, bringing, bringing over all, all that experience that he's had as a coach of uh, King. So some coaching changes of note, certainly. And, uh, you know, well, it's always interesting to see how those impact teams. And as you, as you said, some of those, uh, you know, real experienced, successful coaches can come in and, and make a real big difference very quickly, including as we, uh, as we saw with Todd Hansen, as you mentioned, uh, taking over at Kettle Moraine recently. Uh, let's talk about some top players. Uh, obviously, the big player that, that everybody has uh, been, been following and had eyes on for a long time and wondering what was going to happen with her recruitment, Beaver Dam's Maddie Wilkie, who did end up committing to Wisconsin, uh, a very clear top player, at least in that senior class, the 2021 class. But give us a rundown of a few of the other top players in that senior group and maybe a few underclassmen to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, Maddie Schreiber from Kimberly. She's one of those top kids from that class. You know, it's, it's a lot of experience for her. Also up in that Green Bay area, Carly Duffney um, from Green Bay Preble. She's headed to South Dakota. Uh, Schreiber is going to stay in that area and go to Green Bay. Um, a couple other notable ones, Anna Lutz, who uh, is headed to Milwaukee. You know, that Marshall team, she's going to get them playing hard. Um, this season, Samuel Pitchka from Notre Dame. She's headed to University of St. Thomas, who is transitioning to NCAA Division One next season. Um, and they did add a few other girls uh, St. Thomas has already, and, and they're 
definitely a school that's going to continue to recruit hard as they are now going to be a Division One school. And other of note, Kylie Schmidt, um, also back from Michigan, um, headed to Purdue Northwest. You know, she, her and that uh, Michigan team are looking to get back to the state tournament. Uh, Michigan falling in the last game of the state tournament last year as it was canceled. And, you know, they're ready to go this year. And, you know, it's Natalie Jens, another one from Beaver Dam. Beaver Dam's got all those talented kids. And we can drop down a little bit, talk about some of those younger players. Emily LaChapelle from Appleton East. You know, she's a highly recruited player. Um, another one from Appleton East is Lily Hansford, who got a lot of uh, recruiting attention over the summer. Um, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of talented class, uh, players in those younger classes. And uh, go all the way down to the uh, or down to the sophomore class. We've already talked a little bit about Kamara Arnold from Germantown. Grace Grakolski's from uh, Kettle Moraine is right up there. Um, you know, Kimberly's got a couple other kids. And one, uh, Kaden Crone from Waukesha West uh, already has a Division One offer. And she's going to really look to lead that Waukesha West team. As I mentioned earlier, you know, they're, they're a team on the rise with uh, – um, Ashlyn Yao uh, transferring in from uh, Wabatosa East, so that's definitely going to benefit them. And even in the freshman class, the freshman class already has a few kids with Division One offers. Um, a Wilkie, um, so shocking that a Wilkie is getting an offer early. But Gabby Wilkie, a freshman there at Beaver Dam, already has a Milwaukee offer. Other notable freshmen, uh, Gracie Gresh um, from Notre Dame. That that's uh, St. Norbert men's basketball coach. That's his daughter. Uh, Claire Bjorge of uh, De Pere's another good one from that class. And also Shay Kelly from uh, Brookfield East. That is the daughter of Mike Kelly. So there's there's a lot of intriguing young talent in the state. And from top to bottom, I think there's a really good group of kids that we're going to be able to watch this season. We're uh, continuing our conversation with Norbert Durst, our girls basketball writer and content manager at Wisports.net, as we get ready for the girls basketball season and uh, that's already underway with uh, a number of games held on Tuesday night. So we, we've talked some top teams, we've talked some top players. Uh, you know, other than the obvious uh, being, you know, the the questions around what teams are going to play, when they're going to play, how many games are going to get moved and changed and canceled. I mean, what are other top stories that we're going to be following this year? Uh, High-level look around the state. You know, I think it's just, you know, the the maturation of some of the young kids, um, you know, mixing in with, uh, um, you know, some of those tough conferences because, you know, with teams at the rise, the young talent, um, you know, we'll see if they can kind of take away some of that uh, glory that maybe some of those seniors right now are looking to have. And, you know, seniors, you know, you're – you're looking to uh, end your career on a high note. And, you know, again, hopefully all those, those especially seniors, are able to play um, at some point this season because, you know, it, it would be very unfortunate, especially for those that aren't playing at the next level, to, uh, to miss out on that senior year. The, uh, you know, the, the question around what games will happen and, and, you know, how many games are there going to be, um, you know, we're, we're still waiting for some decisions on some schools. They've, they've delayed the start of their season, uh, obviously, but, you know, we're, we're not sure if, if they will get back to action or, or how. Um, you know, we're, we're in the process and, and you're in the process of kind of accumulating all that, uh, all that information um, and, and we'll have it on, on with sports, including a list of games wanted, et cetera. But what's kind of been the, the most common you know, experience or, 
route that, that teams have gone. How many have reduced the number of games they're playing, even if they're starting right now? How many are, you know, how many conferences are adjusting their their standings, uh, you know, protocols and, you know, some of them changing to a single round robin kind of is, is there anything that seems to be the most common approach for teams around the state right now? You know, I think for the most part, teams want to get those, those league games in. you know, you want to play your conference games. And I think that's the, the most important part for most of the teams. And then, you know, to, you know, as they navigate the, you know, all everything that comes, comes with COVID-19, you know, maybe staying, keeping your schedule a little tighter. Um, and, uh, and, you know, like, like football was, and there's going to be, have to be a lot of flexibility because there are definitely going to be times this year where there's going to be some late cancellations and, and hopefully those teams can, can fill those, those spots where, you know, they need to get some more games in, but, you know, for some schools, it's going to be very challenging, um, getting in, you know, the, the 22 games and, you know, maybe the target for, you know, some of those teams is, you know, maybe just the 18 or, or so, uh, something in that order. And for the most part, it just depends when they can actually start playing games because, you know, some, some, uh, teams, you know, it might be mid, mid December and, you know, like the big eight, some of those teams aren't playing till late January as of right now. So it's, it's really going to uh, be a uh, interesting year to see how the, the, the players and coaches navigate um, these scheduling changes. We have uh, obviously seen a number of new protocols and guidelines that have been put in place by the WIAA, by the NFHS, uh, including, you know, limited fans and, um, and masks is required by the, uh, by the governor's order, uh, you know, the elimination of the jump ball, uh, some different things that have, have changed. What are, what are some other protocols that you have seen that, that teams are doing or will be doing? And how have some of those changes been, uh, you know, received by teams and players and coach, coaches? Um, is it, you know, creating a significant barrier to, uh, you know, playing the game? Is it just, an, uh, you know, something you got to adapt to and you get used to quick? What What's kind of been the reaction so far? You know, I think uh, everyone's trying just to stay as positive about being able to play games as he can be. I mean, there's obviously the drawbacks of, you know, family um, or friends not being able to come watch games, um, which, you know, it, it can be challenging for kids. You know, it doesn't bring the excitement as it normally would if you got, you know, some fans in the house, even if it's not a filled up uh, gym. So I, I just think, you know, just just uh, getting through that aspect of it and realizing, hey, we're even though, you know, these aren't the best situations, we have to, you know, wear a mask and and, you know, keep our distance. And, you know, those the um, the benches, you know, are staggered to keep that distance. But, you know, in the end, um, it's just trying to, like I said, to stay positive and know that if you're playing, just be happy about it. Uh, I want to ask if if you've heard any feedback on masks specifically. I, you know, as we were going through this fall and it was looking more and more like the mask mandate was going to not only stay in place but be extended into uh, potentially the basketball season, we're at the point now where I, I think most people would agree uh, there's a very strong chance that there will be a mask mandate in this state throughout the entire winter sports season um you know how have players uh done with the masks is is it something that you know they're constantly adjusting and they're always falling down and you know it's it's kind of a a pain uh that way obviously they're having to do it 
to to be able to play. But you know, is is it uh, you know how how is that going from from what you've seen and heard? Well, I can say last night watching uh, a number of different games uh, via live stream, uh, it's it can be challenging for some of the kids. I think you know it it, it would probably be nice if there was a uh, a little bit more across the board as far as the masks that are used because some masks just just don't do the job as others do. And you know, last night watching the games, I saw many many players that whether it was um, for comfort or the mass just sliding, but, uh, there were a lot of kids that there was not, it didn't even appear that their mouth was covered or nose were covered. And those are, those are things that are concerning, um, as far as, you know, obviously the spread of it. So, um, you know, I, I think the kids are definitely seeing how challenging it can be. And, but I think, you know, if we can kind of take the time to make sure we're, we're wearing, you know, masks that, can help the kids not, you know, not just be able to breathe well, but also keep that their face covered. I think that's that's going to be very helpful for those kids because I'm just last night. It just wasn't I didn't feel great about how many kids I saw with so much open. It, it is interesting. I have, uh, as you know, Norb sons that uh, play basketball and, and they've kind of started to do a few things here and there. Some open gyms as they start to get ready for the season and uh you know, wearing wearing a regular face mask that you wear in school or you know around to uh, to to wherever you're going is very different than a mask that would work well in a in a sports type setting. And so, I actually today uh, ordered my son some some sports masks that have a, a double strap that go around the head instead of just being an ear loop. Uh, you know, should fit a little bit more snugly. Should you know, hopefully prevent from uh, from falling down and having to be adjusted all the time. And I wonder if that's going to be something that uh, players look at more and more, because like you said, the, the surgical masks and, and even some of the other cloth masks, it just, it, I, I, as I, as you did, I saw a lot of uh, masks that were down and falling down and had to be adjusted all the time. So it'll be interesting to see if, uh, if, if players start to adjust on that and find some more, um, activity specific options as far as masks go uh as, as we move forward in the season so that, that that'll be interesting to follow and that's also you know for the referees to navigate that too is i'm sure going to be challenging because obviously you know that everyone in the gym needs has to wear a mask but you know with the kids if a mask is down you know at what point is there you know are they told and have to wear a mask kind of like you know the whole shorts and extra logos and things like that and it you know just adds a little bit extra for those refs which you know isn't easy for them already absolutely and it, from what i have seen anyway from some communications i've seen from officials i'm i'm part of a, a few officials groups um you know they're they're saying it's basically on the schools and the coaches to to monitor that aspect of it they you know they're they're not wanting to have to be mask police just like they didn't want to have to be uniform right. police before um, so ultimately, it, it it should, and hopefully it does fall on the schools and the the athletic director, game manager, the coach themselves to make sure that all the players and, and everybody is in compliance with the requirements. And you know that's not something that should fall on the officials, but you know that's not that's not always the case. So we'll right. we'll continue to monitor that and see how that impacts things. Uh, you know, going forward. Um, Norb, anything else that we haven't touched on that? You know, we, we should, uh, whether it's players, teams, storylines, uh, whatever, as we get ready for the uh, the season to really pick up here after the Thanksgiving break. 
Uh, maybe one notable uh, transfer. Uh, she actually transferred last year, Aaliyah Smith, uh, formerly at Verona. Um, she did have to sit out last year, you know, due to transfer rules. Now at um, Madison LaFollette. So, you know, they're a team on the rise. Again, you know, in that big eight, we'll see if those teams are able to play. But uh, uh, just a lot of really good talent out in the state this year. And, you know, with, with live streaming, um, you're able to watch maybe some teams you wanted in the past. So make sure to, to you know, search around. And we'll, we'll try to get some links out there, um, you know, the game nights, um, as far as what are those big games so people can, can watch those contests. But, you know, just take some time and, and watch some basketball and support these kids that, you know, would, would love for you to be in the gym. But uh, they'll, they'll take you supporting them, watching them online and, you know, congratulating them as the season goes on. Absolutely. A lot of live stream options out there. That's, you know, as I said in football, if, if there's any, you know, good things to come out of all this, it's that this technology has really advanced rapidly to the to where it probably should have been for a while in terms of the ability to watch games even if you're not at the event and and you know in the future I hope it doesn't you know limit fans from attending games once we get back to normal um, right it's you know kind of a an, an addition to what they're able to do but it is uh, it is great to see so many schools uh, there's uh, almost all schools have instituted some live streaming option or capability uh, you know, many conferences are doing it from a conference perspective and, and requiring it. There's a lot of options out there. It, it can be done very, uh, pretty easily. And, and, you know, depending on what option you go with relatively inexpensively, there's a lot of teams, of course, that have signed up for the NFHS network, uh, through WIAA and, and the NFHS and our, uh, our good friends at just a game, uh, the, uh, the just a game live tool is, is outstanding as well. Many, uh, teams and schools using that, you know, the, the ability to, um, autom- uh, automatically begin uh, a live stream, whether it's a, a you know a game that you're streaming, or if you're just wanting to record a practice, even you know that that capability is there with just a game live, and you know the huddle focus camera system that that automatically follows the action. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do. Uh, you can get real fancy with it, and some schools are, or you can just do something you know a little more basic. But at least there's there's something out there, and a lot of schools are taking advantage of it, which, again, is one of the one of the few, you know, positives to come out of all of this. Um, Norb, always uh, always great to check in. It, it's been a while since we've talked girls hoops as we were trying to slog through that uh, that fall sports season and, and get all of that taken uh, taken care of and, and wrapped up. But we're uh, we're really looking forward to getting through to basketball and, and talking with you every couple weeks to see what's going on in girls hoops. So. Uh, thanks for joining us. Stay safe as always. And, uh, and we'll chat the next time. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. So there you go. You're now ready for the girls basketball season, which has begun this week. We'll continue with a, a few events over the holiday break here and really get underway. Uh, I would say in earnest, but we'll still have what, a, maybe a quarter of the teams not, not playing yet. Uh, once December starts next week. Um, but it will get, uh, more games on the schedule next week as we uh, as we really get into this winter sports season. And again, boys' games beginning next week as well. I am Travis Wilson, general manager at wisports.net. This has been a wisports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game. <laughs>